0: Good morning everyone. Good morning. I hope everyone is doing great today. It is so wonderful to see all of you. I see some visitors here. Welcome to New Hope. We're so glad you're here with us. If you didn't get a first-time visitor gift and fill out a card or the tablet, please do that so we can get in touch with you and get to know you better. Um, We have a few announcements, but I'm going to start first with just a thank you. A huge thank you to everyone in this church who participated in our fall festival. And I could list, but it would take half the service to list everyone. We have some pictures of the trunks, um, because I do not do well with pictures, but we do have some trunk pictures. And I just want to say that God is so good. And when we put events and things in his hands and we hand it over to him, he works everything out. We planned, we thought we were planning big this year for 250, and, and you know, God, the only thing we changed this year, I told a couple people, was we just tried to put more emphasis on God. We had them try to answer questions to win a prize to learn more about the, the gospel and what God did, and the more emphasis we put on Jesus Christ and his message, the more people come, and we had over 325 visitors that registered. We had unregistered. <laughs> So we had probably 400 or more people on our campus, and every one of them went through that trunk line, and these awesome trunks were able to tell them the story from beginning to end um, of our Lord, our Savior, and what God did for us through that. Um, so praise the Lord, and for all of you that served, and I didn't even get to see you, thank you for all of you who brought stuff throughout the week. Or took off work to come help. Just so many of you did so much. We are truly grateful for your service. Um, just a couple reminders. The Honduras bags are due today. So if you might have forgotten, if you're like me, um, and I've forgotten ours, just try to bring it tonight. And no later than Wednesday, we're mailing those out. Um, today is an, all au- this evening at 6 o'clock in the sanctuary. I have listed Hope Center. But in the sanctuary, the um, African missionaries from Hands on Africa are going to be here. They're visiting America, and they're coming to this church tonight. Um, An amazing spirit-filled testimonies of what God does all throughout Africa, Um, through medical clinics that some of my family's involved in, and our family is involved in different trips. And um, I just encourage all of you to come out tonight and fill the sanctuary and invite your friends to hear what God is doing in Africa and what we can do in many different ways. Before that, why don't you come a little bit early at 5, meet us in the Hope Center, and we are writing cards to all of the visitors from the Fall Festival. So come and join us, please, and help us sign cards and fill cards out for the visitors so that we can show them Jesus' love even more. Um, please, another reminder, I'm, I'm going to stop soon. Don't forget, Christmas and Earl is coming up really soon. It, we're going to blink, and it'll be here. So Christmas and Earl, our live nativity ministry Please sign up in the lobby if you'd like to be a part of that. Or if you have questions, ask us. Um, And our last announcement is the Cleveland County Rescue Mission really needs jackets, coats, and sweaters. These could be new or gently used. And if you could bring any of those that you have in here by next Sunday, there's going to be a box out here. um, And the Meltons are going to take those over. If you would like to take them there, that would be great. We would really appreciate that. All right. And let's see if Jean is right here. McCurry, are you right here? Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you so much. We praise your name this morning. We thank you that you brought us here. We thank you for every person that walked in this sanctuary. Whatever we're going through, whatever they're facing on the outside, they have safety and love in this sanctuary because you are our sanctuary. You are our peace and our joy and our safe harbor, in the midst of all that the world throws at us, all the evil around us, all that the, the temptations pull us to or the thoughts, you are our love, our joy, our safe haven, our peace. We praise your name, God. Abba, Father, we thank you for that. We pray over this music before we sing our words to you. Let our hearts be right with you. Let our words praise your name Unlike any moment that we could express, let us shout your name and sing your name and and think of every word, Lord, deliberately and, and praise you through our song and our message. I thank you for this church. I thank you for everyone here, Lord. And it's your name we pray. Amen.
1: Have you had a good day already? Amen, I have. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Anytime we can gather together and come and worship our our risen Lord and Savior, it's a wonderful day. It's a beautiful day indeed. Um, And so as I said earlier, every day is Easter, not just uh, in the spring, but every day is Easter to believers because we worship a risen God, amen, and praise God for that. Since uh, thinking back, as we continue on our series today, uh, building a strong foundation, we've looked at Jesus and the Bible and several other topics, and and today we're going to be on the resurrection. That's why we're, we're, we're making it, uh, what is this, Easter in October, I guess we could say. Um, but since Saturday, think about this, since Saturday, October the 7th, the news has been, we've been inundated with with the war between Israel and and Hamas, and and this weekend Israel began their 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 second response or their second phase to uh, being attacked, and and we've seen the images of videos of, of rockets being fired into strategic locations. And if you think about it today, in, in today's technology, in today's world, in today's warfare, wep- weapons can be delivered with great precision, can't they? Um, it's incredible uh, where, where you can fire a missile into the license plate of somebody. Um, we 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 often see the 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 missiles striking their, their the the targets just in the right place, and when it hits in the right place, the entire building collapses, doesn't it? And you see other times where it doesn't hit in a in a in a strategic place, and it it may knock it you know, blow it up some, but if it hits in just the right place, the entire facility comes down. Well, in order for the enemy to destroy the Christian faith and cause it to collapse, it's got to to blow up the concept of Jesus' resurrection. Because our entire faith is built on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, as we looked last week at the different types of religions or religions out there, they all acknowledge Jesus. They all believe in Jesus. And in fact, Christians, we all believe in Jesus. And Jesus lived a wonderful life and and was a great teacher and did miracles and fabulous works and and teachings beyond explanation. And He was killed and and, and hung on a cross. But if that was it... We would be no different than anybody else. Our religion will be no different than any other religion. But you see, we have proof that God raised him from the dead on the third day. Amen? To make him the Son of God, to, to, to prove that he was the Son of God, that He to prove that He can forgive sin, that He can offer us eternal life. Praise the Lord for that. Because you see, Jesus Christ is a cornerstone. Of, of our faith and the resurrection of Jesus at the is at the heart of the Christian message and, and our faith foundation is the is the resurrection of Jesus. Without it, we're no different than anybody else. We would have no more hope than anyone else. And so everything in the Christian faith hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. And again. Without that, without the resurrection, everything we know, everything we, we understand, everything we believe about our faith would be pointless. And Paul makes this clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you would, turn your Bibles there. We're going to be looking uh, at that today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that the that the resurrection is at the heart of the gospel. Paul lays it out in great detail there. And he urges the Corinthians to uh to hold on to that gospel, to hold on to that truth, and don't change it. Don't divert from it, don't mess it up, don't add to it, or don't take it away, for that is a truth. And and Paul tells everyone that Jesus has, has shown himself to, to numerous people. Not just to one or two, but to hundreds of people. And he goes on to say, I even saw him myself. And in this passage, he 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 lays out the the oldest recorded list of witnesses to the resurrection. Although it's not complete <clears throat> because he doesn't uh, add the women that discovered the empty tomb at the, at the, on Easter morning. And so turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Beginning in, in verse 1. It says, Now, brothers and sisters... I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Okay, so, so they've, they've accepted that. And they've made their stand. They've proclaimed this gospel already. In verse 2 it says, By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. But what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried. That He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than how many? 500 people. Brothers and sisters at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James and then to the apostles, and last He also appear, appeared to me, the one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of dead, then, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that He was raised, that He raised Christ from the dead. But He did not raise Him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have been fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Even if only for this life we have hope in Christ. We are of all people most to be pitied. But, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Praise God for His Word. Praise God for the promise of His Word. Praise God for the salvation that we have through a resurrected Christ. Amen? We have the hope of eternal life and the forgiveness of our sins because God raised Him to life on the third day. In, in, in John chapter eleven twenty three 23 through 25, John, uh, Jesus tells us that He is the resurrection. In John chapter 11, verse 23 through 25, Jesus said to Martha, Your brother Lazarus will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And so again, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if there were no resurrection, our faith would be pointless. In verse 12, he says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? And so they were preaching on the testimony that they knew, the testimony that many of them had seen Christ risen from the dead. And so he says, how can some of you say there was no resurrection from the dead? In verse 13, he says, if there's no resurrection from dead, then not even Christ has been raised to life. And so you are preaching a lie. You are pre- preaching a falsehood. Verse 14 says, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And again, so if, if Christ did not rise from the dead, let's just all go home, okay? We're wasting our time. Think of all the time and effort we've wasted on church and the gospel and, and, and missions and ministry if God didn't rise from the dead. But because He did rise, because God did give Him life again, we worship Him, we serve Him. He is our our risen Lord and Savior. And because of that, we are here today to worship Him. Amen? And praise God for that. Uh, Again, if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. We are here today because of the hope that we have in a risen Lord. The opposite of that verse is also true. If Jesus is resurrected, if that is true, then then, then as Christians we know too that we'll rise again on the resurrection day. Amen? Praise God for that. Because it is true, we have that great hope of a resurrected life. And because, because the resurrection is true, it should compel us to live life for Christ. It should compel us to, to live life with a conviction of the gospel, of His word, of the teachings of His word. Because it is, li- it is true, we should not live a flippant life, taking things for granted, but living our life for the Lord under the conviction of His word. Last week we saw how, how a number of religions explained their doctrine and compared it to to, to Jesus and where Jesus fit in into their doctrine versus Christianity, where Christianity believes that, that Jesus is fully God, 100% God, and 100% man, that Jesus was God's only Son, that Jesus is God's only Son, that He was crucified on the cross, and that He was raised to life on the third day, that He was alive. In New Testament times, and that he is still alive today. Amen? Praise God for that truth. And because of Jesus' claim to be the to be the Messiah, the the, 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 the Savior of the world, and, and to be God's son, in that day some people tried to discredit Jesus, just like they are today. They try to make excuses for Jesus or, or rationalize his stories away. The same was true on the days after His resurrection. From those claims came a number of conspiracy theories surrounding His his death and resurrection. But but what evidence do we have for His resurrection? First and foremost, the empty tomb. (laughs) It's it's empty. There was nobody inside. He got up and left. He's not there. But, but still, volumes of book have been, have been written about the, the empty tomb, both for the legitimacy of his resurrection and also the false theories that have been put, put forth. But there's virtually no argument that the tomb was not empty. Everybody will agree today, through the evidence both biblical and extra-biblical, resources or sources that, that the tomb was empty to prove that, that he was not there. But the question then was, was why and how. And so the, the disciples, they were, they were out and about proclaiming the tomb was empty. They had a new hope. They had a new, uh, a new direction in life, didn't they? But had the tomb not been empty, if the stone was still in place, the disciples would have been proven wrong. They would have been proven to be liars. But the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. And he wasn't there. And so how did the, how did the world and, and those against Jesus deal with that issue? It was, a, it was a big deal back in the day. Well, they came up with a number of stories and, and reasons and explanations for it. Some of the theories put forth were, um, were, one was that Jesus' enemies stole His body. But then you ask the question, why would His enemies steal the body? That would only bolster the the disciples' claims. That's why the soldiers were there to to guard the tomb to make sure His body wasn't stolen, and so that theory kind of falls apart. Another theory is is that the Roman soldiers Stole the body. But if you read the, the text, the Jewish leaders who were looking for an explanation, they never accused the soldiers of taking his body. You've, you've heard the old saying, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 12 through 15, You see, they had been bought with a story, and they that was their story, and they were they were living, they were keeping up with it. They were they weren't going to divert from it. Another theory was that the disciples had had, had stolen his body. But but really, how how was that even possible? Again, the they had a, an army of soldiers there to guard the tomb to make sure. Nothing happened to the body and so you have these well-armed soldiers against these unarmed disciples that's just not, that's, not, that's just not real is it The stone was too large for them to move uh, to, to move out of place and the guards wouldn't risk their lives of taking a bribe from the disciples and then if the disciples had stolen the body they would have faced severe beating imprisonment and even possibly death and so if jesus was not alive why would they risk their life to steal the body again something that doesn't make sense at all and so what other evidence do we have that the resurrection was true and reliable and trustworthy well jesus was seen by by his disciples he was actually seen by, by hundreds of people other than his disciples. He was seen at, at different times, by different people in different places. He was seen by groups and individuals. And they all had different testimonies about seeing him. And some have, have put forth the idea that, that, oh, they were hallucinating. The thing about hallucination is nobody hallucinates the same story. So that can't be true. Probably the greatest evidence that we have the resurrection is true is the change lives of people from that day through today. Think about it. When, when, when Mary went to the tomb, she wasn't expecting to find it empty, was she? She had, she had taken all of her ingredients to go and she, she never expected find Jesus gone. The disciples, when Mary and the women went running back and told the disciples, they're like, yeah, right. I got to go see this for myself. And they went and they saw for themselves, didn't they, that Christ wasn't there that their friend, their leader, their Messiah was not there. And and, and you see their, their doubt when they saw the empty tomb turned to conviction and their conviction turned to proclamation and their proclamation turned to persecution against them and their persecution ultimately led to martyrdom for them all for the reason because they believed and they knew the evidence was true about the resurrection of Jesus. They knew in their heart what they had seen what they had heard, and what they know. Amen? And because of that, their doubt was turned to conviction. Their conviction led them to persecution. And many of them died for what they believed. I was talking with someone this morning and and how people across the world are dying today because they have a Bible in their possession. Or because they're meeting in places like this. How strong is our faith? How strong will our faith be when it's truly tested to the limits? Are we willing? Do we believe as much and as deeply as the disciples did to be willing to give our life for the gospel, for Jesus Christ? You see, without the resurrection, Jesus' ministry ends in defeat. But everything changed if what they said is true in Matthew 28, verse 6. He is not here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said. Those words make all the difference in all of eternity. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Just as He said. He fulfilled His promise and He gives us hope. Amen? All in that one little sentence. He is not here. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Just as He said. C.S. Lewis, who was once an atheist, wrote in the Christian classic, Mere Christianity. He said, No mere man let alone Let alone a great religious teacher could have said and done the things Jesus did. The only option, the only options are that Jesus is a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord of all. Lewis was convinced that Jesus is Lord of all. He continued, he would have been deceived or a deceiver but His most amazing promise has come true. Well, listen to this. So how can we not depend on and live by the rest of His promises? How can we not depend upon, how can we not live by the promises of His Word? When Paul makes this confession in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Is that our deep desire? He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow, attaining to the resurrection (coughs) from the dead. Remember last week, no other religion claims their God died. that their God died or that their God was raised to life. Not only was that an Old Testament prophecy, but something that Jesus declared Himself would, would come to pass. Folks, it happened. It became true. Those prophecies became fulfilled. And just as He said, He's coming again, folks, He's coming again. The resurrection culminates... The passion narrative of all the of all the gospels together, because it is the center of redemption itself. Without the resurrection, Jesus would just been would have died another martyr. But with it, but with it, folks, we've got to stand in awe of the exalted Messiah, the Son of the Living God, because He gave His life as a as a ransom, and is reigning at the right hand of the Father right now. And again, one day He's going to return to fix all the brokenness in this evil world. The question is, are are we ready for that day? Are we ready for that moment? Because you see, without the resurrection, the Old Testament prophecies would not have been fulfilled. Without the resurrection, the Bible becomes unreliable and untrue. Without the resurrection, Jesus would have been a liar. Without the resurrection, the cross makes no sense at all. The cross has no purpose at all. Without the resurrection, there's no proof that Jesus is God's Son. Without the resurrection, there's no gospel. Without the resurrection, none of Jesus' promises would be trustworthy. Without the resurrection, there would be no model for sacrificial living. Without the resurrection, our sin would not be forgiven. And without the resurrection, there would be no hope of eternal life. Praise God we have the resurrection and we can worship a risen God today. Folks, the evidence of the resurrection is compelling. It's not a hoax. It's the truth. Jesus did rise from the dead just as He said He would. There's no doubt that Jesus is alive today. And because Christ is alive, because God raised Him from the dead, there is hope for everybody that will put their faith in Him. There is hope of eternal life. There is hope of forgiveness of sin. There is hope of eternal salvation when we put our hope and faith in Him. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, he says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Here it is in verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. This was Paul's experience whose heart was dramatically changed by the resurrection of Jesus. His life was was totally different than before he knew Christ. And And you see, that's the thing. Once we meet Christ, our lives are completely different. We're changed. We should never be the same once we meet Christ, once we encounter Christ. And we see this experience of people all around the world who have died to their sins and are now have Christ living in their life. They are different people. They give witness to a new life in Christ. Let me ask you this morning, is your life different than when you met Christ? Are you living a different life than when you first met Christ? Has your life been changed by the Holy Spirit? Because of the resurrection, Jesus alone is worthy of our worship. And because the resurrection is true, because the promises of His words are true, then we should be compelled to live the life that He calls us to live each and every day. Because the resurrection is true, He lives and will forever live. Will reign and forever reign. The question is this morning, is He reigning in your life and in your heart? Only you can choose that. And I pray this morning that you would surrender your heart to Him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are so thankful that that we can wake up every day as Easter morning, knowing that the resurrection is true. Knowing that you are alive. Knowing that you are sitting and reigning and ruling at the right hand of the Father. That because your word is truthful, you tell us that you're coming back. And Father, we pray today that we're ready. We pray, Father, that if we're not, that you would convict our heart. God, today, maybe we're living in a way that's not pleasing to you. Maybe we've, maybe we've gotten off of the Christian path and, and moved away from our relationship with you. God, today, today, God, may we move back to you. We know, God, that regardless of what we're going through, what we're facing, you stand ready to receive us back. To welcome us home. So, Father, we pray and we thank you, Lord, for hearing our hearts today. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: Thank you for the cross.
1: This is Miss Joe Hester, and uh, this is Don McCurry's sister. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> You've had to put up with a lot, haven't you, over the years?
2: I have. Loved every minute,
1: loved every minute of it. He was a, a sweetheart of a man, and we miss him and Catherine both. And, but, but today, uh, Joe comes today uh, wishing to transfer a letter of, of uh, membership to join New Hope Baptist Church from Sister Baptist Church. All in favor say Amen. Amen. As she comes and uh, uh, just has felt the love of you all in in recent uh, weeks and months and actually years. And uh, also, I'd like to introduce to you Holly Cantrell. This is your niece? Granddaughter. 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 Okay, granddaughter. Just one of them. Just one of them. <laughs> and uh, Holly comes this morning as well, asking for membership at New Hope Baptist Church from. Faith Baptist Church down the road. So all in favor of Holly, say amen. 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 And uh, Holly's been a, just a just a blessing to Joe. Uh, she really has. She's been trying to take care of her and, and watch over and they have a special relationship. And um, we're just so blessed to have these two folks come today and, and be a part of New Hope. And so I'm going to ask, uh, this is kind of not a good situation, is it? Because I hate business meetings, okay? I just don't tell you right now. They don't need to be on Sunday morning. But we're going to have one in just a minute, okay? And after that, I'm going to ask Joe and Holly, if y'all would, to, to join me at the front door, okay? So that everybody can just offer them a hand of invitation, a hand of welcome, to say we're glad you're here. You. All right? And we are glad that you're here. And uh, we love y'all and looking forward to seeing how God's going to use you, okay? Yes. So if y'all want to have a seat right there, if y'all want to go back to your seat, that'll be fine as well.